but but have old belief systems so embedded in their mind that they're not able to really embrace and live and experience the truth that we've learned in the last three weeks. We've learned together, as Brad shared earlier, that Christianity is not this religion, but it's it's a vibrant, loving, free relationship with God. That a person comes to through Jesus Christ. And a person can have for free. But I find that so often, so many people never experience all that God intended because they receive the message with joy, they, they embrace their freedom, but little by little, society's values, they've been so deeply ingrained in our mind, the religious beliefs that have been so deeply ingrained in our mind, our own feeling of unworthiness, our own sense of guilt begins to overcome us and overcome us. And pretty soon we're like the man in the story that i like to share with you to illustrate this point. There was once a man, and he lived in prison. Almost all of his life he spent in prison. Some 30 years of his life. One day, the warden came to the man and he said, Sir, the governor has pardoned you and you are free to go and do as you please. The man jumped from his cot. He was ecstatic with joy. And the warden opened the door and he began that long trek down the hallway for the very last time. His heart was racing in him And then he came to the door that separated him from the inside and the outside. He stepped out for the first time in his life and breathed in the free, fresh air for the first time in his life. He moved to the city, got an apartment, and he began looking for a job. But a very interesting thing happened. He found that wherever he went, his past followed him. And no one would give him a chance. Everyone treated him like he was an ex-con. That stigma was written across his mind and heart. And try as he might, he just couldn't break out of it. Soon, these feelings of worthlessness just began to come back and he thought to himself, you know, I'm, what am I doing? I don't belong here. I'm not free. I was better off back where I was. So one day, he takes the bus back out to the prison He knocks on the door and asks the warden if he can come back. The warden says, what are you talking about? He says, I'm not comfortable out here. I belong here. He finds that his cell is still empty. The door has been taken off the hinges. But for the rest of his life, he spends in this little four-walled cell, legally free, but forever imprisoned. I find, in all honesty... And most Christians are the same way. They come to know Christ in their life, but all of these false beliefs, these false religious beliefs, that you must make God happy with you, that you must confess your sin every day, that you're guilty before God, that you better earn God's favor today. And then their own feelings of worthlessness come back. They come back and they come back. And finally, that person goes back to where they came from, And they never, ever break out. I want to share with you today how you can be vitally involved helping 
bring about change in people's lives. Just imagine for a moment what would have been the scenario of that story had someone come along and embraced that ex-convict and given him a chance and treated him as though he had never been in prison. I have a freedom formula I want to share with you today. It's my own personal motto. And I want to put it in your mind so that you never forget it. And it goes like this. People need lots of hugs. People need lots of hugs. Now, I'm a hugger. And the reason I am is because there's so much inside me I want to express to people, but especially I want people to know they matter to me. If you read about Jesus and the life that He spent here on this planet, He was always embracing the untouchable. He was always touching those whom society would never touch, whom society considered worthless. And it's amazing how many people dressed in their nice clothes on the inside consider themselves untouchable, unworthy. The throwaways of society. It doesn't matter what level, what economic stratus a person is in. Every person, to one degree or another, struggles with that concept of themselves. But this has a dual meaning, and this is why I shared it. People need lots of hugs. H. Helping others. U. Understand. G. God's S. System of freedom. People need lots of help, understanding God's system of freedom. They need lots of hugs. They need them physically, and they need them verbally. You see, you and I are God's hands, God's feet. We can't see God. I've never seen God. I've never touched God. I know He's real. But I can't vis visibly see Him, but I can see you. You can see me. And if I begin to treat you like God treats you, I want to tell you something. It will change your life. It will reinforce God's truth in your life. The problem is, is that most of us, we can to know Christ, we get thrown right back out there to the wolves, right back out there in society. And I want to tell you something. Society doesn't always accept. Society doesn't always forgive. And society doesn't always love. Neither does your mate. Neither does your friends. And neither do our children. And so all of a sudden, we have this duality in our life. On the one hand, we believe God always accepts me, God always forgives me, God always loves me. But when we live in our life, we find a vastly different standard. You and I need to learn to treat one another like God treats us. I want to share with you some true stories this morning. The other day I was uh, visiting with a friend of my wife and I. We have taken an interest in this person's life and... and uh, just try to reach out to them, care for them. We've seen tremendous potential in their life. And we were together the other evening. This person said to me, Mark, um, oh, never mind. I said, no, let's talk about what, what, what's on your heart. You, you can say anything you want to me. Let's talk about it. He said, well, it's not really bothering me now. I said, that's okay. It'll probably bother you again, so let's talk about it. Well, sometimes I just struggle with I, wondering if the reason you and your wife are so nice to me is because I, well, I do things for you guys. And 
And I know you've put a lot of confidence in me and I've wondered if I, if I let you down or if I make a mistake, what's going to happen? Because see, in, in my life, all of my past relationships, that's the way it was. As long as I performed really good and did right, I, I, I got people's love. And then if I didn't, I didn't get it. And so to be honest, I mean, no one's ever treated me like you and your wife. But, but will it end? And I could tell this person was really concerned about this. And I, I thought for a moment I felt for them. Because most of the people that I find I, I deal with in life, this is exactly their experience. When someone comes along who believes in them, who affirms in them, they don't hardly believe it. Or they think to themselves, what do they want? What's this person's ulterior motive? See, God doesn't have any ulterior motives. He has absolutely no ulterior motives. He wants you. He loves you. Period. No ulterior motives. No strings attached. So I said to this individual, I said, you know, I said I understand why you'd think that. I mean, this is, this is certainly unusual. But I, I want to I assure you of something. My wife and I love you. Period. If you were to no longer do the things you've done before, it wouldn't change a thing. We love you. We are committed to your success. We want to help make you successful and we see potential in you as a human being. And I just want you to know that nothing you're ever going to do is going to disappoint us. We care about you. And we're always here for you. And I could just see this sort of this burden sort of just taken off this individual. And I have watched this individual in the last eight or nine months just change, just change right in front of our eyes from an individual who was frustrated in a Christian life, discouraged, really going nowhere, all of a sudden is just turned into a dynamic individual for God. A couple of years ago, I met another individual. At the time I met this individual, they didn't know Christ. And, and I was hoping to have an, an opportunity to share the love of Christ with them, to reach out to them. They had been through tremendous trauma in their, in their life. Very difficult past. He'd been into drugs, into an awful lot of recreational sex. That was basically their life. And I met them and had a real desire. I could just tell this person's really searching. This person's hurting, lonely. So I began reaching out to this individual. We began a, a friendship. I could tell there was a desire for friendship there. And I began calling this individual. And we'd visit and we'd talk and... Over the course of the next 30 days, I had the opportunity to share with this person that God accepts you right where you are. That God is willing to forgive everything in your life. You can be clean. You can be new. Permanently new. And God will always love you. And so will I. Well, this person came to know Christ. And their life just began to blossom and change. And it was phenomenal to watch the change. There's nothing in my life that thrills me more than being involved with people. Seeing them come to know the Lord. Seeing their life change and seeing them enjoy life. This began to happen and it was... I would keep in touch with them almost every day. Every day I'd be on the phone. Just encouraging them. Seeing how things were going. It was just neat to watch them grow. And taking those first little infant steps... After about 40 days from when they come to know the Lord, I got a call late one night. And this person was pretty upset. 
I said, what's the matter? They said, well, I went to a party. Hadn't been involved in one of these things since they come to know the Lord. And he said, I went to this party. I stayed overnight and I slept with someone. I was immoral. And I knew that it was really hard for them even to call me to begin with. And I knew they wanted help. And, and I knew instead of thinking, not only is this person my friend, but this is the pastor. And I said to them, I said, I, I want to tell you something. I said, I just want you to know how proud I am of you. I said, do you realize that this used to be your whole life and it's been 40 days since anything like this has happened? I said, I am so thrilled to see how much progress you made and what God has done in your life. Listen, nothing you do is going to change what I think of you. Nothing you do is going to change the love that I have for you. I love you. And God loves you. And this is the whole reason Christ died. The very thing just happens, the reason He died is to forgive you. Don't worry about it. Forget it. Let's go on and enjoy this wonderful life God gave you. Now, in many circles, even Christian circles, that would be considered heresy, my friends. <laughs> that would be considered unbelievable. How do you say that? We'll just, we'll just forget it. And I'm proud of you. Because that's the way God is with you and I. He does not see our sin. He paid for it. He forgave it and we're free. And I knew in order for this person to understand this, I was going to have to treat them like this or they'd never get the point. Well, anyway, two days later I had this small little meeting that I was going to and, and I was going to be speaking and I thought, you know, I'm going to call this person and I'm going to ask them to share their story of what God has done in their life. Because I knew it would really nail home what I was trying to get across. That I was not interested in their performance. That I loved them, period. And that God did. So I called them, I said, would you come and would you share your story? How God has changed your life. And they said, I don't, you're kidding, you really want me to do this? I said, I'd like you to do this. I think it would be a tremendous help to people. So, this person came. They shared this story. And, and it was pretty scary for them. They shared it. And after the meeting was over, I went up to them, I hugged them, and I said, I just want you to know how proud I am of you. And this person stood there, and tears began just to stream down their face. They said to me, you know, I just used to think that you just said that, Mark. But now I know you really mean it. Or you would have never had me come and share tonight after what you know about my life. Here's a human being and it took 70 days of an intimate relationship for them to finally get the point and I told it to them every day that I really loved them, I really accepted them, I really forgave them and I was proud of them. As a result of that night, unbeknownst to us, I found this out a week later, there was an individual there that night who went home as a result of their story and asked Christ into their life. You see, God doesn't bless us on the basis of what we do. He blesses us because he, he loves us. And He wants to do something great in your life. And I've watched this individuals going on strong in their Christian life, just blossom, lead others to Christ, enjoying their life. It's just phenomenal to watch. People need lots of hugs. They need constant reassurance 
They need visible, tangible proof. Our world is crying out for that. They are tired of words. They want a living demonstration. As Brent shared this verse earlier that says, Therefore be imitators, mimics, mimes, copies of God. And walk in love as dearly loved children, just like Christ loved you. What God's desire is that we'd all be like Jesus. And we'd all love one another. What a world that would be. And it's possible if we understand God. He wants us to be that way in our relationships. He wants to embrace one another. He wants to affirm one another. He wants us to believe in one another. Most people have never had anyone believe in them in their life. And that's why most people never rise above their past experience. They're embedded, they're trapped, they're imprisoned to those beliefs. Lastly, I want to share with you a personal story. People have often asked me, Mark, why are you the way you are today? Everyone, whether we like to admit it or not, has someone in their life, a human being, who's had a major impact on their life, either good or bad. And I am no different. I'm not a self-made individual. I'm far from it. I want to share with you about the individual who had an impact in my life. About 15 years ago this Halloween, I went to a retreat. And uh, I was young and zealous and really wanted to do something for God. And, and uh, I really didn't have time for um, women. It wasn't the interest of my life at 19, believe it or not. It had been a big change for me. I get to this little conference and I met this girl and I couldn't help it. I really couldn't. I tried. It was love at first sight. The first time I saw her, the first sentence we had, I loved her. There's nothing I could do about it. And I tried. I really, really tried. And I tried to fight it. I tried to pray it away. I said, God, this, this, I just can't be, Lord. And, uh, and then finally I gave him and said, well, Lord, you know, if this is what you want, then bend my arm a little and, and I'll go for it. <laughs> and unbeknownst to me, she felt the same way. I didn't know that at the time until two weeks later when I proposed. I don't, I don't believe, and I don't believe in waiting around, you know, I really don't. I just don't believe in, it's like if you know it's the right thing, like do it, okay? Just do the right thing. Well, I didn't strong armor anything. I, I just basically presented my case and said, you know, I, I just, I've never met anyone like you. And uh, I, I just wonder if you'd be willing to think about getting married sometime. You know, I knew she had three options, slap me. Or uh, say, no, how can you, what a, you know, man, are you a forward guy? Or say, well, you know, I'll pray about it. Well, lo and behold, that's what she said. She said, you know, I haven't been able to get you off my mind. I've been wondering the same thing, and, um, and I'll pray about it. Well, eight months later, we got engaged, and two years later, we got married. Now, I've often looked back and wondered, what in the world did this woman see in me? And I truly mean this, as my story will show you, illustrate in a moment. I, um, I had some friends over the other day. I have not always looked like I look now. And I'm not saying I look great now, but I used to not look like this at all. <laughs> See, these are army pants, but I used to wear the real things all the time. And white t-shirts, leather fringe jacket, long hair, and a beard if you can imagine it. Don't try. I... I <laughs> I showed someone my pictures the other day, a group of friends, friends, and they laughed. They, la they laughed so hard, they fell over. That's how hard they laughed. 
So I'm not, my pictures, I burned them. Said, who we on this? I don't need these kind of affirmation. People laughing at me. My character wasn't like it is now. My behavior wasn't like it is now. There were a lot of things that were different. In, but my wife didn't know all that until we got married. We got married and uh, she discovered that she married very angry, very hot-tempered, very cruel, volatile individual. And for the first three years of our marriage, uh, they weren't fun. I'd swear at her. I'd yell at her. I'd put her down. Not only was I a, a failure in that, but our finances were a mess. We didn't, I mean, we didn't, you didn't think of going to Target or Pennies to buy clothes. We went to the Goodwill or a garage sale because that's all the money we had. We didn't have insurance with our first three kids because I couldn't afford it. And for a long time, my wife went without going to see a particular doctor because she knew we just didn't have the money. Not one time did my wife threaten to leave me. Not one time did she just get, you know, walk out. I mean, I, she was not perfect. It wasn't that she, you know, just all, always responded perfectly. But every time I think of my wife, I think of the song by Kenny Rogers, my favorite song. She believes in me. And I don't know just what she sees in me. But maybe on some lucky night and my song is right, I could change the world. And I had a dream. She had it with me. But I was this black piece of ugly coal. And I thank God and have thanked God a billion times over that someone in my life saw past the ugliness and stuck with me and stuck with me and stuck with me for these 12 years. Because she stuck with me because she kept believing in me, because she kept affirming me, even when I didn't deserve it. Then one day, this has been almost nine years ago now, eight and a half years ago, I got a hold of some messages like I've been giving to you. It was the first time in my life that it started to penetrate this heart. God accepts me. God forgives me. God loves me. I'd really blown it bad. And I felt like God could never use me in my life ever. But through that truth and through my wife's constant devotion and affirmation and encouragement, it changed my life. And now my greatest desire is to live to give that to other people. To give it back to her, to give it to my kids, to give it. We just committed our life to give that to as many people as we can. It's the most exciting life in the world. You can be an instrument of change in your marriage, with your children, with your friends, with the person sitting next to you, if you just remember this simple phrase, people need lots of hugs, help, understanding, God's system of freedom. I want to thank all of you who have been with me through this whole series. Those of you that are new here today, I appreciate you giving Evergreen a try. I want to invite you back next week. Next week... Next Friday night is the start of a new era here at Evergreen. We're going to start our Friday night service at 7.30. And I'm going to get into now in much more detail than I have today on relationships. How to invest 
in rich relationships. We're going to talk next week how to avoid destructive relationships. Many of the people that I'm in contact with have just been involved in one destructive relationship after another. We're going to talk about how to avoid that, how to build solid relationships in your life. Let's just bow our heads and pray.